Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with Peter. And I'm also not here with another special guest that we'll get to in a minute. First things first, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping like I always do. If you're new here, welcome. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell somebody to listen. Tell anybody you can think of to listen. I know that that's kind of a tall ask right now because everyone's at home, isolated. But you know what? When you get out of isolation, make a mental note. First thing you do is run up to somebody and yell, this is a disaster at them. And they'll be like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) And they'll be like, I know. Oh, it was. <laughs> Disaster's over. Yeah. Uh, next best thing you can do is subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review. Those are super helpful. If you want to keep up with us on social medias at This Disaster Pod, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Also, our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod. You can go there, get some sweet perks, including live streams of a lot of the major disasters that we record. So recently, I asked everybody how they've been spending their time, given that they haven't seen another human being in probably going on a month right now. Mm. Got a few answers here. I got uh, so far so good, although I could do without the dumps of snow and bitter cold in April. Fair enough. It's kind of topical. That was that was actually like a week ago, and we got more <laughs> snow now. Snow today. <laughs> Spring is a and bullshit season. <laughs> It's also not helping that I never know what day it is. I spent all day thinking it's Friday, today, and yesterday. And it's yeah. just, and now it's snowing. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a nice Christmas. Mm. Mm. What's Mm-mm. happening? No. <laughs> we got another, another bit of feedback here. It says, doing edibles, tons of edibles, mm. which maybe on your own, that, that could lead to some cosmic revelations. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Armchair psychonaut. Exactly. It's the time to do it. Some, somebody told me that the, they are slowly going crazy. One, two, three, five, five, six, switch. Oh. Lost your fours. <laughs> so <laughs> things are not going well there. <laughs> and that Sharon, Lois, and Bram. And also one last one here. They said they're realizing how much of an introvert they are as their days are spent pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> I've heard that a lot, actually. Did I write that? <laughs> I don't know. A couple of my friends are like, so is it over yet? Because I've just been playing video games yeah, like yeah. I always do. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Well, that's that's listener feedback. And now I'm going to turn it over to our special guest, Carl, also known as Garbage Face, that Lee and I have had the honor of sharing the stage with on a few occasions. Big, big fan. Um, good, good friend. Yeah. I was, I was saying ahead of time that maybe I'll, I'll try not to gush too much, but I am a huge Garbage Face fan. Oh, yeah. And Ditto. Like, I, I, res- I respect a lot of artists, but I respect Garbage Face, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, well, thank you. And God, I respect the- and the the honor is mine as well. I just picked up the new Ham album today. Oh, Ooh, nice. Thanks. Today was payday, so I've uh, been doing a new thing. Rather than just recklessly spending money on Bandcamp all month long, I <laughs> yeah. put things into a wish list. And then at oh, the nice. when I get paid each month, then I can see exactly how much money That's, I've been blowing, <laughs> which is maybe not the best strategy. It means that I buy things a bit more slowly, but... Right. Uh, well, no. That's, that's, yeah. probably, that's probably smart because I, I do the chip away thing. And then before yeah. I know it, I'm like, I have bought so many albums. Yeah, exactly. yeah it, <laughs> it feels like an adult thing to do. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like awesome. Do. So what are you going to tell us about today? So today we are going to talk about molasses. Oh, and awesome. to start with, I want, you to, I want you to picture a tank, a big reservoir tank. Okay. Okay. And I Good want to you specify. to specify. Because I pictured like a tank I with a cannon yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like a reservoir <laughs> tank. Like one of those ones that you've, like if you've been to New York City and you see those reservoirs on top of buildings that hold yep. the water for the building or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So picture okay. something like that. Okay. Okay. 50 feet tall. Okay. 90 feet in diameter. Okay. You can't really tell, obviously, from the outside how 
thick the walls are, but they're about right. two thirds of an inch thick and only a third of an inch at the top and bottom. Two thirds of an inch. Two thirds of an inch. Doesn't yep. seem like a lot, That's no thin. matter what's inside. <laughs> yep. And this tank holds 2.5 million gallons of liquid. 2.5 okay. million gallons of liquid. Jeez. So this tank is located in the one that we're talking about today. This tank is located in northern Boston. Okay. And it's uh, 1915. And okay. the liquid that's being held in this tank is molasses. Okay. <laughs> and the tank, <laughs> the tank is owned by a company called U.S. Industrial Alcohol. Okay. And they use the molasses to distill alcohol from it. Uh -huh. Okay. I didn't actually know that until uh, I Me started neither. doing research for this episode. No. But uh, apparently, you can take uh, molasses and okay. you can distill it and get an industrial grade alcohol from it. Huh. Damn. So. You've seen molasses. You might have eaten molasses or put it into a recipe before. You know that it's thick, viscous liquid. It's about a one and a half times as thick as water. Yeah. Uh, My number one use for molasses is in the expression "sweet sassy molassy." There you so go. That's no another one's use. For ever it. said that before, Peter? What are you? Saying? I've said it to you at least a million okay. times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now this tank full of molasses. This tank that is fifty feet tall and ninety feet in diameter uh -huh. with these thin, thin walls <laughs> and top. Yes. It was yeah. filled with molasses, filled and emptied 29 yeah. times, okay, over okay. the course of its lifetime. Huh. Okay. But only four of those times it was filled to near capacity. And okay. remember, 2.3, 2.4, 2.5 million gallons of molasses. Yes. Okay. Bit of wear and tear. Filled and emptied. Okay. There were... <laughs> As you can imagine, because we wouldn't be talking about this if this wasn't the case, there were some problems with the structure of the tank. Were there? Okay. You've heard the show before. The first problem, of course, was the thickness of the walls. Mm -hmm. um, Seems like it. They were too thin to support a full tank of molasses. Now, uh -huh. the second thing was that they had a flawed rivet design. So the stresses were too high on the rivet holes and cracks started to form over the lifetime of this tank. Yeah. Molasses had been poured into the tank just about 30 times, but the inadequate thickness and the rivet issues were creating a constant strain on the tank. And it was okay. more and more starting to leak. Cracks were starting to form. Okay. okay. Right. As the story goes, children were walking up to the tank and there was molasses literally was dripping out of the tank so kids would walk up with cups and they would fill their cups with molasses <laughs> num, and num. take it back home different time yeah exactly <laughs> that was exactly. a sweet treat back then hey johnny go get a cup of molasses from that tank we all know leaks molasses all the time <laughs> yeah third one today what if it's not molasses in between like bouts of chasing a little wheel with a stick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing stickball. <laughs> stickball yeah. and jack. Yeah. This tank had been built really quickly in the winter of 1915, okay? Yeah. And it was built to meet a rising demand for industrial alcohol, and that's why this company had built it. Okay. And yeah. at the time, there really weren't a lot of building codes for buildings such as this one. And in fact, this wasn't even considered a building at all. It was considered a receptacle. Okay. So it didn't fall under any <laughs> regulations that did exist already. I bet after 1915 it did. Right. <laughs> and also... You know, they're not wrong, no. but it's. I feel like there needs to be like a little asterisk. It's like, oh, it's just a receptacle. Yeah. Cool, cool. How much are you putting in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's and going on? Is it anywhere near 23? 
to uh, to add a further uh, little layer of karma to this incident, mm-hmm. what U.S. industrial alcohol was using this industrial alcohol distilled from this molasses for, it was being sold to weapons companies who were using it to make dynamite and explosives for World War One. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So cool connection. Yeah. So <laughs> as the cracks were forming in this. The USIA was ignoring all the warning signs. Okay. Okay. You might think that cracks in the structure would probably be enough of a warning sign that maybe something needs to be fixed, but no. Every time they would fill it, it would groan <laughs> and, and make extremely loud sound, loud groaning and, and cracking noises. Nice. Oh, no. Not more molasses. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like Ray Romano. Says the tank. <laughs> also, I'm I'm sure this is you might come back to this, but like what did they not have inch thick material? <laughs> like yeah. why spare it, you know? Yeah. You know, I again I think this was <laughs> it was built in haste and so yeah, right. you yeah. know, I'm sure they considering the war was well, in nineteen fifteen yeah, the war was underway. Yeah. 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 The war was underway already in nineteen fifteen, so maybe supplies were short. I guess, yeah. Uh, I think US didn't get involved until like nineteen seventeen. Yeah. But they're probably okay. I think they had their own conflicts on the southern border. So the tank is groaning. Yeah. Cracks are forming. The yeah. USIA is saying it's all good. <laughs> a, a laborer brings actual shards of steel from the tank's walls to the treasurer of USIA's office right. yeah. to tell this person about the potential danger. And the treasurer replies, I don't know what you want me to do. The tank still stands. <laughs> <sighs> Not getting it so uh, maybe maybe it'll miraculously just just go away miraculously <laughs> yeah. go away yeah what the engineers didn't know at the time was that not only was it not thick enough but the steel had been mixed with two little manganese apparently that gave it a high transition temperature okay and it meant that the metal got really brittle when cooled below 59 Fahrenheit, which mm. is actually oh, okay. not that cold. No. No. It's like a nice spring day. Yeah. So the air temperature on that day, it was uh, January 15th, 1919, yeah. was 40 Fahrenheit. So okay. it's thought that the brittleness of the metal was the final straw. Mm. So Right. So that's like around 15 degrees Celsius, I think. Yeah. Before we get into... The money shot. <laughs> Let us go. Sticky. I want to tell you a little bit about molasses. And okay. I know I know that everyone out there is thinking molasses is really boring. And <laughs> when I was trying to research fun facts about molasses for this sidebar, yeah. Yeah. I too found that molasses was extremely boring. And in fact, nice. the most interesting thing that any fact sheet about molasses mentions is yeah. this disaster. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everything else is, right. is pretty boring, but to give you some background on what molasses is, it's made sure. during the sugar refining process. So you take sugar cane or uh, sugar beets. Yeah. Molasses is what's separated from the sugar crystals. It gets boiled multiple times. It's kind of like a distilling process. Mm-hmm. The third and final separation is called blackstrap molasses. Mm, okay. Sounds like a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> a villain. <laughs> Who says sweet sassy molasses. <laughs> Full circle. Molasses has been extremely important to the U.S. 
for its entire history. Uh, it was mm -hmm. prominently figured into the slave trade in 1773. Mm -hmm. Some people call it, quote unquote, the first major historical event involving molasses <laughs> was the Molasses Act of 1733, <laughs> uh, which imposed duties on all sugar and molasses brought into North American colonies from non-British possessed countries. Wow. Hmm. Yep. It's a controversial suite. <laughs> <laughs> Molasses has been part of the fabric of American society for <laughs> some time. And Boston was about to find out just how integrated into society it can become. Because <laughs> on the day of January 15th, 1919, at around 12.30 p.m., okay. yep. it's lunchtime, yep. Boston time. police patrolman Good old Irishman Frank McManus. There we go. <laughs> Swinging his bobby it? stick around in a circle. Yep. <laughs> hey, make up an Irish name. Frank McManus? Cool. Frank yeah, McManus. Exactly. Stroll in the streets. <laughs> Frank McManus was at a call box reporting back to headquarters when he heard a loud scraping and grinding noise. Now, I should say a bunch of the notes from this next section come from a book that is, believe it or not, called Dark Tide. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Trying to ramp it up so, so hard. So Frank McManus hears a loud scraping and grinding noise. He pauses yep. to figure out what the source is. And this is unclear. I don't know whether he looked out the window or what, but okay. what he managed to make out to the dispatcher next said, yep. send all available rescue vehicles and personnel immediately. There's a wave of molasses coming down Commercial Street. <laughs> Shut up. How does anyone take that <laughs> <Yeah>. seriously? <laughs> well, Drinking on the job again, Frank. <laughs> it was about to get very serious because oh, 2.3 million gallons of molasses moving at 35 miles an hour. Damn. <laughs> 25 feet high. Whoa. 25 feet. Yep. Okay. Two and a half stories high. Yeah. 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 And 160 feet wide at the outset started oh, rushing through the city's crowded and <laughs> densely populated North End. Oh my God. So the tank obviously had exploded. Yes. Right. The people that were directly in the path were immediately swallowed and drowned and asphyxiated. Jeez. Holy crap. Yeah. Literally within seconds, two city blocks were flooded. Oh my wow. God. To give you a sense of how destructive it was, it was able to rip some buildings completely from their foundations <laughs> okay. and sweep them into the Boston Harbor. Oh, my God. Whoa. Obviously, it bu it busted windows. It overturned rail cars. It flooded homes. Right. By the end of it, 21 people were dead. Okay. Holy crap. 25 horses were dead. Oh, all right. And 150 people were injured, and the north end of Boston looked like it had been bombed. And, and I really encourage people, if you uh, do some searching around out there, you can find some pretty interesting animations of how they think that the molasses flooded into really? into that part of town. Right. Why this was so damaging and why it was such a disaster is because it yeah. kind of happened in two stages. So initially okay. you had the explosion and the rupture. So right. like I mentioned, it's molasses is 1.5 times heavier and thicker than water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It had 
so much 2.3 million gallons of fucking molasses (laughs) and so this was this is physics stuff i'm not a a physics i was gonna say physician i'm not a physics (laughs) guy that shows you how much of not of Position. I don't I have much physique, but uh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is all stuff that I've I've gleaned from the internet right. sure. and not yeah. uh, from my own brain. But what happened was the potential energy that was stored in this giant vat of molasses became kinetic energy. Right. And right. the fact that molasses is really thick and viscous actually doesn't matter for the first minute, minute and a half. Right. Right. Because the inertia is so powerful, the force is so powerful that it just overcomes the viscosity in it and <laughs> and it makes it very much like any other liquid. Right, right, right. There was no stopping the molasses. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every time we say molasses, like, it, obviously, this is already way more devastating than I thought it would be, but still. Yeah. Molasses. Come on. Even just the word. Yeah. <laughs> it's maple syrup's <laughs> older, ugly brother. <laughs> thicker stickier so then stage two happens literally minutes after the molasses settles yeah right and that's that after the initial kinetic energy is spent everything is covered in this extremely viscous substance Mm -hmm. right feet and feet of this viscous substance yeah 25 you said it was 25 25 feet feet the wave of it was 25 feet i think in the end it settled around four or five feet deep right it'll spread out yeah yeah, so... So you're hip wading through this... Yeah, still, <laughs> most yep. of a person. Yeah. Yep. And people had been pinned down by it. People had been right. pinned down in debris, and then molasses was on top of them. Right, right. At least one person was thought to have died of asphyxiation hours after the accident. Ugh, Jeez. And obviously the rescue would have been a lot easier if it was in the summertime when the heat would have kept the molasses a little bit more viscous. But what happened right. was... It was only 40 degrees out, which is, I think, like 7 or 8 degrees Celsius, a little bit over. Freezing is 32, so uh, a little bit over. Yeah. And quite cold. So what happens is that then the viscosity starts to matter. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are trapped. People who are witnessing it can see people in the molasses. Oh, right, because it's clear. Oh, shit. (laughs) Trying to breathe, gasping for their lives. Yeah. The molasses is getting harder and harder to move. And that means that the rubble is getting harder and harder to move. Right. right. This meant that the cleanup went on for days and days. I think the longest amount of time that I've heard that it went on for was around 11 or 12 days, which doesn't actually sound like very much, no. but it sounds like that was sort of the the kind of basic cleanup and rescue where they... Right you know, we're able to recover all of the people and all of the horses and yeah, all yeah. of the other stuff. But some legends have it that the north end of Boston on a hot day still smells <laughs> like molasses to this day. I don't know if that's true or I've not. I've been that, to Boston yeah. a couple times, but I've never, <laughs> right. uh, I've never experienced that. Right. I'm just picturing like for years afterwards, people walking down the street and they just get like their foot comes out of their shoe because it just yeah, gets stuck exactly. in a puddle or uh, something. They're like, fuck, you fucking yeah. missed molasses spot, is everywhere. stupid asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's how they talk then. 
And now. (laughs) And to this day. Still to this day. (laughs) Yeah. So the immediate aftermath, obviously, it was a tragedy. Yes. It feels very weird to talk about it in anything but tragic terms because people did lose their lives. Mm -hmm. But this was 105 years ago. And I feel like if we can have a Titanic bouncy castle, maybe someday we can have a (laughs) molasses disaster bouncy castle. Molasses wave pool. (laughs) You listen to the show, you know that like we don't we don't laugh at the misfortune of people but the situations like these you, all you can do is laugh because it, what did you think was yeah, gonna happen it's absurd <laughs> yeah especially the guy yeah. like well it's still there yeah i don't see the problem <laughs> what do you want I, me to do what do you mean there's a food shortage i'm eating food right now like, yeah <laughs> there's no global warming look at this snowball exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, topical yeah, yeah. so uh, you know all of the stuff that i've talked about thus far this is stuff that we've learned after the fact through people's analysis over the years it's become kind of a weird cottage industry of researchers and scientists trying to, you know, recreate it. Um, There's people who have designed scale models of northern Boston who have used corn syrup to try and like (laughs) recreate the disaster and who have confirmed that, you know, 35 miles an hour is how fast it was going and all of that stuff. But at the (laughs) the time, like right in the immediate aftermath, they didn't know what happened. And so there was a lot of speculation. Some people thought that it was fermentation that produced too much pressure inside the tank and caused it to actually explode. I don't want to say that it was USIA that pushed this theory, but it seems like something they would do considering how they treated it up to that point. (laughs) But uh, some blamed anarchists for setting off a bomb. There was eventually a trial that ensued. It gathered input from thousands of expert witnesses. Thousands of expert witnesses. and produced 20,000 pages of what is referred to as conflicting testimony. So (laughs) So who who was on trial, actually? Was it? That's a good question. I'm not sure if it was USIA. I believe it was USIA that was on trial. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as I mentioned, the tank didn't require a permit because it was considered a receptacle, not a building. Right. One of the positive things that came out of this disaster was that a lot of the building construction standards that we take for, well, not people in the U.S. take for granted today came about because of uh, the molasses flood. So it actually ended up being a positive thing in the trajectory of of building engineering (laughs) in the U.S., but it took a whole bunch of people to die, a whole bunch of horses to die, a whole bunch of town to get covered in goo. I imagine that receptacle loophole got closed (laughs) pretty fast. (laughs) We've come across that time and again on this show where that's usually what it takes to get some rules and regulations in place. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, you might be happy to know that USIA was actually found liable. Mm. Even though a lot of uh, what happened is still up for debate, I think that's partly why there's still such a cottage industry of people who are fascinated by it and who write books about it and and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Questions still remain about what happened. Shortly after the flood, the Boston Building Department began requiring that all calculations of engineers and architects be filed with their plans and that stamped drawings be signed. And that was a practice that became uh, standard across the country. On a more sort of general human interest level, one of the things that people say was the big takeaway from this disaster was that the flood taught people to have some respect for the destructive power of things that we usually think of as harmless. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a hell of a generalization. Good lesson. Yeah. (laughs) So... That's the molasses disaster. 
Holy and, crap. Yeah. That's and, a blaster. Sorry. Nice. Oh my God. Okay. Some of the stuff that you were talking about there, like the signed drawings and submitting the foot, like that almost seems like a no brainer, but it just shows you how much codes have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And how much when things are all done on paper, I I was talking about this recently because of all of this, in case anyone who's listening isn't aware, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And uh, as the government is trying to figure out, you know, ways to uh, keep people afloat and all of that stuff, they have been distributing money to people Mm -hmm. through the computer. And I was talking about it with a friend of mine the other day that just like, it's not money though it's just numbers in a computer that they it's yeah. credits like this is just like credits in our account yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. they will print money later on to like make up for it but at this point <laughs> it's just numbers in a computer yeah. and yeah. there was a time when like that just would not have been possible they yeah. everything was cash based and blah 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 sure yeah, yeah and now it's wild to think of someone building a building and not signing off on something <laughs> right like yeah, yeah, yeah. for someone sure. designing a building and not putting their signature on the yeah. floor plan or exactly right. yeah. no and it's just i think uh, well i'm thinking back also to uh when we talked about the bomber in new york city yeah mm-hmm. it hit the empire state building and I, the empire state building was built in 13 months wow. and i can't imagine that would happen with modern codes right no. you wouldn't you no. wouldn't get the permit for two years (laughs) and then preparing the site would take another year yeah i mean it took them like how long to rebuild the world trade or like something in the in the space of the world trade center like right yeah yeah 15 years yeah something like yeah yeah right and most of that i'm sure was like set up and design yeah yeah deliberation they take it takes something like the molasses flood for them to be like Maybe people need designs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't just throw shit together. Yeah. (laughs) Now, there's there's a a couple of fun things that I found floating around the internet about the molasses disaster and pop culture. Mm. Yeah. One is that there's actually a, apparently there is a musical that exists (laughs) about the disaster. It's called, it's called Molasses in January. (laughs) Uh, I haven't been able to find any video clips or anything, but if I do find some, I will, uh, yeah. I'll send them along to you and you can include it on your site. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is that this book, Dark Tide, that is yeah. kind of seen as one of the definitive accounts of the disaster right. mm-hmm. has actually been optioned by someone. It, what I was able to find was that it had been optioned by Hollywood, but Hollywood is okay. an entity. It's been optioned <laughs> right. by someone in Hollywood <laughs> to be turned into a movie. Movie. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. It's got to be Mark Wahlberg yeah. and it's got to be Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want Armageddon, but with molasses. Right. I know we're joking around, but I would watch that. Oh, oh yes. 100%. I would watch oh, no. the shit out I of that. I want to see a Bay Wave. Like, a <laughs> couple episodes we talked about uh, Armageddon in the yeah. Tunguska yes. explosion. Yes. And just the idea of, I still can't get over it, so I'm going to bring it up one more time <laughs> and then we'll, we can move on. They have this like high stakes mission to save the world and they send <clears throat> two shuttles launched at the same time, like 50 meters apart. Yeah. 
so much can go wrong with one rocket <laughs> watching two side by side. You have two. You have that's so I just twice, want, you know that's you know twice the better chance you have. Of, you know, yeah, I just I just want to see what those creative minds would do with the molasses disaster. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I would really appreciate to see the Rock in that movie. Personally. Yeah, please. I could see Although I, I feel like the Rock's ethnicity in nineteen nineteen mm. Boston. <laughs> There would be some pretty racist scenes in there with some <laughs> some Irish people yeah. being really mean to him, but then much. he ends up like saving them somehow. It'd be, it'd be worth hearing the Rock do a Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. I can't see that going over. Yeah. So, do you have any music to go with that? I do have music to go with this, and I had a lot of thoughts about the music that I was going to pick. And okay. th- I know that there's a band from Saskatoon called Slow Down Molasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. that seemed like the obvious choice, but to, to right. be perfectly honest, I thoroughly dislike all of the music that I've heard by them. Okay, fair enough. I decided to go with one that, you know, lyrically isn't on theme or anything like that. It's a band called The Sloth Spring. Okay. okay. And what the Sloth Spring does is do doom metal covers of Offspring songs <laughs> extremely slowly, okay. extremely okay. slowly. So um, the song that I'm picking is a song called Sloth Esteem, which is a version <laughs> of Self Esteem. Uh, Self Esteem, oh, I think, is like uh, that's mad, it's mad, like a three and yeah, it's like a yeah. three and a half minute song. Uh, played over the course of about 15 minutes. Wow. And it is, (laughs) let me tell you, it takes about seven minutes before you even realize this is a cover. (laughs) I can't wait. This is, I haven't heard a single note, and this is my new favorite band. A way to enjoy the offspring. Yeah. They figured out a way. (laughs) But one of us likes the offspring. (laughs) And one of us thinks they're one of the worst bands okay. in the world. Okay, to be fair, I don't I don't like put them on anymore, but <laughs> yeah. they've got a special place in my heart. Peter, you don't have to justify anything. You know what? I was just uh, going through my MP3 collection, making a, reorganizing my collection for DJing, and I found Ignition and... Uh, Smash? Again, Smash. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. had a, I didn't listen to them, but I looked right. at the MP3s and went, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Good stuff right? right there, yeah. It's, there's <laughs> so many bands like that for me that like I still have a special... Don't really get any use out of them anymore, but I spent a lot of time on Smash. It still offers something in the way of nostalgia. Yeah. If a band came along that sounded like that now, I really yeah. wouldn't care but right. it really hooked into me at the time lee and i've talked about this a lot i'm very interested in sort of not being too analytical about it but at least connecting the dots between what i listen to now and what i listen to in the past right. there is a line that starts at the offspring and ends on a band like mets for me oh yeah, oh, yeah like sure. th- there's something in there the energy and the speed maybe obviously the style is way different but still yeah. it's coming from the same kind of place yeah, yeah. kind of 90s cool. aggro so yeah sloth the steam check it out it's uh probably one of the weirdest offspring covers you will ever <laughs> i'm gonna be listening the second we're done yeah, very good. <laughs> uh lee you got one uh yeah so i was i was thinking it over last night i was kind of mulling it over like yeah what should i pick and then i realized that the music I should have been picking was the music I was listening to at the time. Cause I was like, I want something slow, <laughs> but I don't want something like heavy guitar. Like we've done that or I've done that. I want, I feel like it should be more electronic, like pulsing right. synthesizers as I'm listening to, 
uh, one of the original industrial bands, Throbbing Gristle. Yeah. Okay. So I went with a song called Hamburger Lady. And okay. uh, like Carl's, like the lyrics don't really have anything to do with molasses or you know, right. even being smothered or anything like that. It's right. more just horrific imagery and about a lady who's been burnt alive, basically. But it's more like this. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> this, the song is very, like like I said, like slow, pulsing synths and weird noises. And it just has this sort of like, you can almost feel the viscous, like insistent, blech, yeah, throbbing, throbbing gristle. Wow. Hamburger Lady from DOA, the third and final report came out in 1978. Mm over to you peter so mine so i kind of picked mine thinking that this molasses would be traveling a little bit slower (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it's a band that i actually i recently kind of looped back around to after being super into them when i first heard the album called bell witch yeah i think uh lee i know you're a fan i don't know yeah carl yeah 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 i've i've loved i love them it's the kind of band where like i love them from the second i heard them but you can't just like throw on bell witch every now and then no (laughs) you have to really sort of be like okay Today I'm listening to Bell Witch. <laughs> Tuesday, Bell Witch. Exactly. So there, there are a couple of guys from Seattle, Washington. Interestingly, I just learned just now no guitarist. So there's one guy vocals, bass, yeah. and the other guy who's drums and vocals. That's right. I picked the song Mirror Reaper. Yeah. Which is 83 minutes long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> turns out it's an wow. album length and, but track. It, I think. Did, yeah, yeah. Like they released it as an album, but it's one long 83 minute long All track. Right picked it because I expected this I kind of knew what we were going to be talking about I expected it to be like a very slow burn kind of disaster uh-huh. moving very slowly and that's exactly what you get from this band like you don't you don't really get any sense of beat for like the first 15 minutes you know what I mean yeah very slow moving very cool like I, re- I highly recommend them if you're into kind of doom metal and that kind of thing mm-hmm. they really uh, scratch that itch Awesome. Okay. Well, that was that was a disaster. That was the Boston Molasses Flood. And thanks, Carl, for joining us. If you want to check out, we talked about a lot of music, but we didn't talk about Garbage Face. Mm. I was very close to, I wanted to be that guy <laughs> and recommend listening to a Garbage Face track. But uh. I'm like, that's a bit too fanboy, maybe. <laughs> it's probably for the best. No. It's not a sponsored now podcast. <laughs> now I'm going to say, go check out Garbage Face. And honestly, start at the beginning. The album that got me into, I don't know if Obduracy was your first album. Uh, no, it was kind of the first album of the second wave. Okay. <laughs> that's the album that got me. That's the first one I heard. And I was like, give me more of that. <laughs> well, I, uh, I am shocked at how little the both of you have talked about your respective musical projects on this show. So I am going to <laughs> recommend that people check out okay. Ham. And I, I, I always try and put a little bit of N on the end of that. It's spelled H-A-M-N. <laughs> ham. Like, yeah. da- like damn, but ham. Yeah, that's um, it. Yep. So ham. Yeah. And I would also strongly recommend going and checking out Sun Through a Telescope. Oh, Sun Through a Telescope yes. is Lee's, just one of Lee's solo projects, but maybe the, yeah. the most significant one. The only one. one that's available right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten a chance to play with ham a couple of times. Yeah. I yeah. don't think sun through a telescope has ever done a show, but if, no. if you ever do a show, you're at the top of the call list. I am happy to play the triangle or what I do the weird. <laughs> if I were to do a show, you might be in the band. So be yeah. careful. <laughs> you're on base. Yeah. Please do check that, uh, Lee 
Peter are too too modest to to <laughs> pimp themselves out properly. I keep well, meaning to thanks, mention that because we did just put out our uh, new ham EP. Yeah, and you know Peter and I play in the band, so yeah, check it. And this podcast is about <laughs> music we like, so you know check out the new ham. Yeah, EP. I've been trying to think of a way to spin it, and I think the way to spin it is we talk a lot about music, and we've we're not shy about giving our opinions about music. Right. So if you want to hear us put our money where our mouth is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go listen to Ham. Yeah. And if you hate ham, you can be like, fuck these assholes. Exactly. Like for all the complaining they do about music and this is what they play. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to spin it. Go check out ham. No pressure. You don't have to buy it, but you can listen to it on Bandcamp. Just stream it. Yeah. 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 It's called sad. Yeah. And it's got a big horse, a big horse head on it. The the previous album had a dude in a pig mask. So yeah. Album three will have a cow face (laughs) on it. Yeah. Well, Sky's the limit at this point. Yeah, yeah. the barnyard <laughs> is the limit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. So, like I said at the beginning, the best way to help us out if you liked what you heard is to tell a friend to listen. And if they're stuck in molasses, you got tons of time to do that. You can just talk their ear off about this is a disaster. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? No, I think it's it's been a couple. Of, it's been a hundred years. So yeah. don't get them stuck in molasses. Don't do that. But if they happen to be stuck in molasses, just talk to them about this is a disaster <laughs> until help comes to rescue them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next best thing you can do is subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review. I think Apple Podcast is the best place for that. But really, anywhere you listen, anywhere you want to tell somebody that what we're doing is great would be fantastic. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. If you want to get some cool Patreon perks, you can check us out at patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod pod we honestly appreciate every single person that decides to become a patron because every every dollar that helps us create some awesome new content yeah, amazing. we got we Thank got more so ideas than we also have a discord channel if you want to check that out we hang out in there if you want to talk to us directly that's super helpful and patrons get a super special role in that channel where they can watch our live streams yeah we record these live episodes and i think that's pretty much it unless lee you got you got anything to add well yeah actually you know I don't really like, I don't like to get political or anything like that, but you know, we've got this forum Mm -hmm. now and people are listening. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it would be unwise of me not to bring this up. If you put your peanut butter in the fridge, what the hell is the matter with you? (laughs) Like if I'm ever in charge, you're first up against the wall. That's it. Scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Yeah. I thought thought Lee was about to go off. Go full. uh, (laughs) God. I'm like, how do I explain this edit to uh, me? Yeah. This will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm um, glad I glad I glad I'm you glad you asked. I, I agree, though, hundred percent. I I'm oh, right yeah. there with you. So weird. No, it's I think I, it's sociopathic. <laughs> I made that mistake once because I was just I did it out of reflex, and then I went to get it the next time, and I'm like, well, this is awful. Yeah. I just ruined the space time continuum. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing that wasn't in the. Uh, the giant tank over Boston. Yeah, telling a different right. story. And yeah, th- thanks again, Carl, for joining us. Uh, if you want to come back with any anything sticky or not, we're happy to have you. Thanks for joining us. Yep. And uh, join us thanks, for Carl. our next disaster. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.